If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. I have a message I want to share with you from uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, I will begin reading at verse number 26. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked of the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me. As you have said, then the angel left her. The title of my message today is The World's Greatest Birth Announcement. The World's Greatest Birth Announcement. You know, uh, when baby is born, actually before baby's born because they're sent out early, but when the baby's born, announcements go out typically, right? giving the, the, the name and the date of birth and the height and weight and all the vital details, and we love to get that information. Uh, and there are average, ordinary birth announcements. I think of one back in 1982 when Prince William was born. Some of you remember that. That was no ordinary birth announcement. Palace bells were ringing, a royal proclamation was issued, that was what you call a, you know, high-end birth announcement, if you will. But in our passage before us today, we see an even greater birth announcement. The announcement of the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Now, this was a unique birth announcement in a few ways. I want to share four ways with you that this birth announcement was unique. First of all, it was given before the baby's birth. I mentioned that sometimes uh, folks send out announcements that a baby's coming, but this was very specific, with specific information before the baby was born. Secondly, it was unique because this announcement 
was made to the baby's mother. <laughs> Usually, uh, you know, announcements, uh, the mother's in on it beforehand, uh, out of necessity. But this case, the announcement was made to the baby's mother. It's unique in a third way in that this birth announcement was transmitted in person by a heavenly messenger, an angel uh, named Gabriel who appeared to a young virgin girl. And fourthly, it was unique because it detailed the baby's future. It detailed the baby's future. Now, we know that, the, and this, I didn't even put this on the list because we know the greatest uniqueness was that this baby would be born of a virgin. And uh, never before nor since has that taken place. But it occurred to me that in this world's greatest birth announcement, the information that's revealed, as I have shared, is unique. Uh, but it's unique in that it reveals the nature of Almighty God to us. And in this announcement, we see a revelation about the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. I heard somebody talking the other day about some who teach that there's one God but three expressions of God. That's not biblical. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not expressions of God. They are God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God. And each is 100% God. God the Father is not a third of God, and the Son a third, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father is fully God, the Son is fully God, and the Spirit is fully God. Say, Pastor Tim, that doesn't add up with our math. Well, it adds up with God's math. One God, three persons. And we see a revelation and Jesus said while he was on the earth, I have come to reveal the Father. I've come to make God known to you. And he came to save us and he came to reveal uh, to us what God was like. On another occasion, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So uh, I want to talk this morning for a few minutes. I want to answer the question, what does this greatest of all birth announcements reveal to us what does this birth announcement reveal to us the first thing is this the father's presence reveals God's grace now scholars tell us that Mary this young virgin girl was probably not more than 14 years old if you can believe that possibly even younger and an angel appears to her. Now, I don't know about you. I have never had a heavenly messenger that I know of appear to me, uh, especially one in white and with the wings and all that. I've never had anybody here ever have that experience. Okay. Uh, you know, and if I did, I, I, full, full disclosure, I'd probably be a little frightened at first. Would you? A little, little startled at least? Imagine a young 14-year-old girl with an angel appearing to her. And the first thing he says to her is, Mary, fear not, the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. You don't have to be afraid. The Lord is with you. And then he says, you are highly favored. 
You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now the word here translated favored, and he says it again in verse number 30. You have found favor with God. It's the same root uh, word in the Greek uh, as the word uh, for grace, the Greek word charis. You have found favor. You have been graced of God. You are a recipient of God's grace. We know that grace is unmerited favor. It's not something we earn. It's not something we work for. It is the grace of God. It is the favor freely bestowed by God just because he wants to do so. And so those twin messages, the Lord is with you and you have found favor with God, are a revelation of God's grace. The Lord has said many times throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New, I am with you. I will be with you. There were never more comforting words ever spoken in the history of the universe. Amen? Now that the Lord is with us, we know the well, one name of G Jesus is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The Lord is with you. The Heavenly Father is with you. I'm thankful for grace today, aren't you? I know that in a million years, in a billion years, I can never earn God's favor. I could never earn anything from God. And neither could you. But yet, we are recipients of God's grace. Now, as I said, there's only one virgin birth. She was graced in a unique way, in a special way. But make no mistake about it. God is still bestowing his grace. The word of God, which says, I am with you, is still going forth today. I'm so thankful for grace. Something we don't deserve. If you're here today or watching online, I want you to know if you've been trying to earn something from God, if you've been trying to be good enough, you will never, ever be good enough. Did you know that? We can never, ever, on our best day, we fall woefully short of earning anything from God. Can we just acknowledge that? But he pours out his grace to the undeserving. He makes us deserving. My wife has a unique talent. She has many unique talents. The big, biggest one is putting up with me, but uh, she has a unique talent. She wins contests. She's won several, like, drawings, prize drawings. She's won. I remember uh, one year, uh, my, my daughter Lauren was a, a, an infant. She was in a car seat, and... Uh, uh, we were on vacation in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and there was a new shopping center opening, and they were having a big, you know, they had balloons and things and big prize drawings. And she put in a, 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 her name for a drawing for uh, a color TV. Now, this was in the early 80s. It was a 19-inch TV, okay? It wouldn't be much now, but it was a big deal back then. And so we, uh, she put her name, and she won the color TV. We had a little tiny car. We had our daughter in the car seat and all our luggage. We had to take the TV out of the box just to fit it in the car to get it home, you know. But she won it, and she's, she's won, you know, tickets to concerts and, you know, I think won Nalls up here, a flower thing, and she, she, she's, she's, 
and she's great at earning things, uh, excuse me, winning things, and she doesn't have to earn it. She all, all she has to do is just receive it. And that's how it is with God's grace, God's nearness. You know, this Christmas season, this world, the world just uh, throughout the year just beats us up and, you know, makes us feel like a number and, and so impersonal and Sometimes we can feel alone. You know, we, we go through trials and tribulations and we have difficulties and we feel like we're alone. But the word of God rings forth this Christmas season. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. God the Father is bestowing his grace upon you. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. But he loves you. You are favored of him. You are blessed of him. You are the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that a reassuring message? Hallelujah. So be encouraged today. This birth announcement reveals that the presence of the Father uh, is a display of God's grace to you and to me. And we can be thankful for it. There was a conference years ago of theologians discussing what made Christianity unique. And they were discussing several things. Someone said uh, it was unique in that it taught that uh, God became man. And someone objected and said, no, other religions teach similar doctrines. What about the resurrection, it was argued? No, other faiths teach that there is a resurrection from the dead. And the discussion grew a bit heated. And C.S. Lewis happened to be there. He came in late and he sat down and asked, what's all the heated discussion about? And when he learned it was a debate about the uniqueness of Christianity, he immediately answered, oh, that's an easy one. It's grace. It's grace. You don't find grace in any other religion. You don't find grace in any other faith. But our my almighty God has bestowed his grace upon us. Hallelujah. And his grace is flowing freely today. You may be here or be watching online. You may have messed up. Uh, you know, you may, you, you may have done the greatest mess up in the history of mess ups. It doesn't matter. God's grace is available to you today. God wants to be with you today. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bless you. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to bestow his unmerited favor, his grace upon you today hallelujah thank God for his grace glory to God what's the second thing this birth announcement reveals we find that the son's reign reveals God's greatness the angel said you will be with child and will give birth to a son you are given him to give him the name Jesus then he said this in verse 32 he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. His reign reveals God's greatness. He'll have, he'll have several titles. The Son of the Most High. The, the, he will sit on the throne of his Father David, 2 Samuel 7, 14 makes reference to that. And he says, uh, his kingdom will never end. Hallelujah. The one thing all earthly kingdoms have in common is that they come to an end. 
They come to an end. They don't last. Why? Because they are earthly kingdoms. But the word of God says that Jesus Christ is a king whose reign will never, ever end. I like the way it's worded in Isaiah chapter 9. We sang about it this morning. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Hallelujah. God is great. Remember that prayer we learned to pray when we were children, many of us? God is great. God is good. I'm thankful for the goodness of God, and I'm thankful for his greatness. We don't serve a God who becomes weary. We don't serve a God who, who takes a vacation. We don't serve a God who uh, puts in place a substitute. I'm sorry, for the next two weeks, God, your heavenly Father, will not be available. But we have so-and-so on call. Aren't you glad we don't hear that message? He's great. And, you know, sometimes we, and listen, we, we just came through the Thanksgiving season a few weeks ago, and it is entirely proper and, and, and awesome to thank God for his blessings. But sometimes we just need to worship him for who he is. He's majestic. He is higher than the highest heaven. The word of God says that John uh, says, speaking of, of Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, the word, that nothing that was created was created without him. He spoke the universe into existence. Colossians says, in him all things consist. The very breath that we breathe, the 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 the, the, the way the, the, the planets move in their course. It's all designed by him. He holds it all together. We serve a great God. And Jesus Christ is exalted to the highest place. Hallelujah. The scripture says uh, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus is great today. But you know, it's one thing just to acknowledge his greatness. It's another thing to recognize what the implications of the Son's greatness are for you and me. There are some changes that come about in our life when we recognize his greatness. First, there's a change in one's allegiance. If Christ is king, he deserves our honor, our loyalty, and our obedience. We are under his authority. He is the Lord of our lives. He needs to be on the throne of our lives. We forget that. We know that intellectually, don't we? But we forget that sometimes. And we do all we can to climb back on that throne of our lives. And, and, and we, we often want to chart our own course. But you see, he's, if he's great, that means that he is in control. He is in authority. And I believe that, that we as Christians need to continually pray to him and say, God, if there's something in my life that's not surrendered to your will and your authority, Lord, I, I, I want to surrender it to you. I want to lay it at your feet. And we love the Lord, but often there are areas of our lives we reserve uh, final authority for ourselves, don't we? Don't we? 
our finances, our affections, our time, our relationships, our thought life. Some of those things, we reserve authority and lordship for ourselves. God says, I want to be Lord over all of your life. Second thing, his greatness uh, suggests to us is that there should be a change in one's expectations. A change in one's expectations. The kingdom may not yet be fulfilled completely, but it has been established and will last forever. We expect that one day the Lord will come and rule and reign and the whole earth will recognize his authority and his greatness. The, the turmoil and the, the wars and the strife, they're going to come to an end because the Prince of Peace will come. Hallelujah. And we can expect that as his children. There should be, thirdly, a change in one's values. Our culture values achievement, success, independence, image. Our values should be different ones. Our values should be reflected in this book. What do we value? You can tell what somebody values by how much time and finances they invest in it. By what they talk about, by what's important to them. What are your values today? Too often our values match the values of the world around us. We're not immune. Materialism, power, image, earthly position, those aren't biblical values. His lordship, his greatness, the fact that he is, he is reigning on the throne should affect our values. Fourthly, it should affect our priorities. What's important to us? What matters the most? Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. What's your highest priority today? Fifthly, his kingship, his lordship uh, should uh, affect our lifelong mission. What drives us to get to the top of the corporate ladder? to put away the most money we can in our IRA or to fulfill his mission here on earth, to be his hands and feet, to take as many people as we can with us to heaven. That should be our mission. Why? Because he's great. Because he reigns. Because he deserves our all today. His kingdom will never end. This birth announcement revealed that his reign would be great and he would reign forever. I thank you, Lord, that you're on the throne. Thank you, Lord, that you reign. When all else around us, when governments come and go, when kingdoms crumble, when uh, economic systems fall apart, when uh, there's chaos in the world around us. We can be sure of one thing. Jesus reigns. Jesus is on the throne. Hallelujah. When my plans go awry, when nothing seems to make sense, I can always look to the heavens and say, Lord, you sit on the throne. You reign forever. You are Lord. You are King of kings. And you're the Lord of my life. And your kingdom will reign forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We don't serve a king uh, whose kingdom will come to an end, but he reigns forever. The son's reign reveals God's greatness. What's the third thing that uh, is revealed to us in this world's greatest birth announcement? It's this. The spirit's power reveals God's glory. Mary asked a very logical question after the angel announced that she would be with child, that she would bear the Messiah. She said, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel's reply was this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. When he says the, the, uh, the power of the Most High <coughs> excuse me, will overshadow you, he's talking about the glory of God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 34, when Jesus was on the mountaintop uh, with uh, two of his most trusted disciples, three of, excuse me, three of his most trusted disciples, his glory was revealed. He was transfigured before them. And his glory was revealed. It's the same concept here of the glory of God overshadowing Mary. In Acts chapter 5, verse 15, it, when, when, when revival was occurring, it, it says that people would gather in the hopes that as Peter the apostle would pass by them, that his shadow would pass over them and they would be healed. That's the same concept here, the overshadowing. The glory of God would be revealed. And what the angel was saying to Mary uh, was uh, this. He was saying, God's glory is going to come upon you, and he's going to overshadow you, and God, God is going to do the impossible in your life. Uh, he, he said he shared as evidence the fact that her relative, Elizabeth, who was up in years, uh, was bearing a child after many years of being barren. And the point is this, uh, with man it is impossible but with God all things are possible hallelujah church when the glory of God comes on the scene the impossible becomes possible hallelujah in the old testament uh, after the tabernacle had been completed and everything was in place uh, the word of God says that the glory of God appeared and the priest couldn't minister because the glory of God was so powerful. It was true at the dedication of Solomon's temple. When prayer was offered, the glory of God filled the place. The priest could not minister because the cloud of God's glory descended and, and, and was so overwhelming. And my prayer for us in this day and age more than ever is, God, show us your glory. God, show us your glory. Let your glory be revealed. Hallelujah. We've experienced uh, tastes of it. We've experienced uh, bits of it. But I say, Lord, show us your glory. How many know the Lord wants to show us his glory? The Lord wants to show us his glory. And in his glory is revealed his power. The angel said the Holy Spirit, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And uh, you will be with child. God will do the impossible in your life. Hallelujah. There are no substitutes for the glory of God. Did you know that? We can have, we can have the greatest music on the planet. And I love music. I'm a musical guy. But music, I don't care how loud the band is, how good it is, is not a substitute for God's glory. 
We can pray the loudest prayers. We can pray the most eloquent sounding prayers. And we should pray. We should call out to God. But a prayer is not a substitute for the glory of God. But prayer is a pathway to the glory of God. We need to pray, God, reveal your glory. God, pour out your glory. Hallelujah. How many want to see an outpouring of the glory of God? How many want to be overshadowed uh, by his miracle working power? Hallelujah. As I've shared with you, we were privileged to go to the revival in Brownsville back in the late 90s. You, You may remember that. That revival was preceded by two and a half years of fervent prayer for God to pour out his glory in that place. On Father's Day 1995, the glory of God fell in that place. There was a five-year revival. Over 100,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Lives were changed. We saw firsthand what God did in some lives. Let's seek God for a fresh revival as we exit 2023 and enter 2024 let's believe God to reveal his glory in a new and fresh way hallelujah Lord overshadow us Lord let your glory fall upon us as as the glory of God fell in that revival in Brownsville miracles took place lives were changed lives were transformed that's what happens when the glory of God is revealed when the glory of God is poured out his power is unleashed hallelujah In Mary's case, he did the impossible and caused the young virgin girl to be with child to bear the Messiah. God wants to pour out his glory upon you and me today. You know, in a court, when a defense attorney is trying to cast doubt upon his client's guilt, and the, the, the district attorney will question a witness and over the evidence and say this most likely happened. What will often a good defense attorney do? He'll say, is it possible that, and he'll suggest an alternate occurrence. Someone else did this or this. And the witness might say something like, well, it's highly doubtful it's from the evidence is overwhelming that it's most probable he'll interrupt and say I didn't ask you what was probable I said is it possible that something else took place and begrudgingly you know the 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 state's witness will say well yes it's possible I'm here to tell you today the world may suggest a future for you Mary may have have had plans. We know she had plans to marry Joseph. And they would be a conventional family, have children the conventional way, as man and wife. We know she probably had other plans in her life, but God had plans for her. This world has plans for you. Maybe you've had plans for yourself. But I want you to know, as long as there's a God in heaven, there's an alternate future that's possible. Hallelujah. Let God... perform his work in our lives and give us the future that he has planned for us. Amen. God's plan changed the course of Mary's life. And when God's glory is revealed, when his power is unleashed in our lives, hallelujah, he will take our lives in the direction he wants them to go. Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Conclusion, we ask the question, what does this 
birth announcement revealed to us. We said, first of all, it the Father's presence reveals God's grace. If you're going through something, you're having a difficult time, I want you to know, child of God, the Lord is with you. And his grace is available to you. The unmerited favor of Almighty God is your portion today. It's available to you. Receive it today. Too many times we try and, we, we, we try and do it on our own. God never intended for us. He always intended for us to live by his grace. He's with us. His grace is available to us. Secondly, we said the sun's reign reveals God's greatness. The Lord Jesus Christ sits on the throne high and lifted up. His kingdom will never end. He's great. He deserves our allegiance today. He deserves our praise. He deserves uh, our very lives today because he's on the throne. Is there an area of your life that you haven't surrendered to him? Is there an area of your life today where you sit on the throne? God wants to be sit, sitting on the throne. Maybe it's in the area of finances. As I said, maybe in the area of relationships, maybe in the area of moral purity. Maybe in your business dealings. Is God on the throne of your life? He's great. He deserves our, our complete and total allegiance. Thirdly, we said the Spirit's power reveals God's glory. His power is available to us. His glory, he wants to re reveal his glory to us. The power of his glory. Lord, unleash your power in us in this place. Hallelujah.